Welcome freedom fighters to Flawed and Free Podcast, where we build, empower, and equip disciples of Christ through deliverance and healing. My name is Tina, the Warrior Princess, and I am your host. As a spiritual warfare strategist, prophetic intercessor, and deliverance minister, I take great pleasure serving you and supporting your journey from the flaws of your past into the freedom of your future. Follow me and be set free. Hey guys, welcome back to Flawed and Free Podcast. And if this is your first time visiting or coming to listen, welcome, welcome, welcome. So I love my Freedom Fighter community so very much. I just want to thank you guys for all of your support, your encouragement, all of your words that I've been receiving via email, online, through social media. I am so grateful and so honored to serve you. Well, today's podcast is called How to Pray the Right Way. How to Pray the Right Way. So the Lord has instructed us in the Word of God how to pray. And in this prayer, we will break down line by line what that looks like for us as disciples of Christ. And I'm so excited to share today's broadcast with you as he has shared it with me. So let's proceed through the remaining part of our broadcast today. And let's invite the Holy Spirit in. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, Father, for every listener that is listening. I thank you for the opportunity to present this platform to be used, God, for your glory. God, I pray, Lord, that every single listener, that they will be empowered today, that they will be encouraged, that they will receive all that you have called for them to receive from this prayer, from this podcast and gain knowledge and wisdom and understanding that they can use in their day-to-day lives, God, as they seek and desire to grow in you, to mature in you and to allow themselves to apply the word of God to their lives in a conceptual sort of way so that they may actually be able to use this through life application. I thank you, Father, for allowing us and tearing the veil to come boldly before your throne of grace to make our petitions and requests made known before you. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to do so. So may we not take it for granted in any way, shape, fashion, or form, God. But we just thank you, God, for the opportunity. We thank you, God, for using us and allowing us to preach, to minister, to teach, and to share the gospel with others. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Amen. So today's episode is about how to pray the right way. Aren't we excited? Aren't we so excited? And we're going to break down the Lord's Prayer and explain it so that we can Um, literally apply what the Lord is trying to get us to understand 
so that when we pray, that we pray in this way. And this is, uh, we're coming out of Matthew for this initial scripture reading. It's Matthew um, 6, verses 5 through 13. And so we'll break this scripture down um, line by line as well. But I'm going to start by reading from verse 5. So I'm reading out of the NKJV version, and this is in the New Testament where Jesus Christ is speaking and ministering to his disciples and giving them the outline or the model prayer or just teaching them how to pray and how they should pray. And so we'll start at verse five in the NKJV. So verse five says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, when you pray, Go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Verse seven says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore pray. So in verse 9, he says, in this manner, therefore pray. And he begins to go into the our father in heaven prayer it may have been a prayer that you remember learning even from childhood but maybe not fully understanding the depth and the the template right (laughs) that God has given us the cheat code um to praying and there's all different types of prayers and ways to pray and you know there's a different realms um in the spirit realm where you can where you enter into the holy place into the holy of holies and as we break down proper strategic prayer throughout the remaining course of flawed and free I'll be explaining those specific um, ways and strategies in prayer um, thanksgiving prayers and prayers of supplication warfare prayers and so many other but but this is the basic outline that the Lord taught his disciples and how to pray. And he said, pray, pray in this way, right? Pray in this way. And so our, our, our father created the Lord's prayer as, as the basic, uh, foundation to prayer and how he wants us to pray. So I'll go ahead and proceed from nine through for those of you that remember and know this prayer, feel free to read along or pray aloud. So verse nine, it says in this manner, therefore pray our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Glory be to God. So a lot of us are very much familiar with the Lord's Prayer and how to pray the Lord's Prayer. But do we really understand what the Lord's Prayer means? Do we really understand why God explained this principle and had and gave us this pattern of prayer to follow? And so we must first enlist the help of the Holy Spirit. Anytime that we're going to um, pray or read the word of God, we must ask and invite the Holy Spirit in so that we can receive the revelatory wisdom and knowledge that is needed um, to receive and to give, right? Because this is a partnership, right? This is an exchange. We're not just barking orders at God. We're not just praying and asking for blessings because God says we're already blessed. So we're not just sitting, sitting ourselves in position to just, um, com- make commands, but to, to honestly, to partner with the will of God and to partner with him. And he has given us literally a baseline outline with how this should be done. And so this principle or this pattern that he's given us to follow is to help us, right? Is to help us to literally strategically hit a bullseye in the spirit realm for how to make our requests made known to him in prayer and how to properly pray in the way that he has ordained for us to pray. So above all, we always want the will of God to prevail and proceed in our prayer requests. And we thank him for giving us the way. We thank him for showing us the way. He didn't leave us to just figure this out on our own. And though this was a conversation that Jesus made with his disciples, this we're also his disciples, right? We're also even 2000 years later, we are still his disciples, his followers of Christ. And so we are to pray as they were to pray. So the first, the first word in this scripture says, our, our father, our Father, when you look at verse nine, if you're reading and if you're writing or sitting at work, when you have an opportunity, pull it up. But the first line of this prayer says, our father, our, our means no longer solo. When he says our father, so he didn't, it's not just me saying my father in heaven or your father in heaven, but he's speaking to the body of Christ the community of Christ. He's speaking to the many members that are in one body. So when he strategically says in the first line of this prayer, our, he means not just you, but you are coming into agreement with the body of Christ, with the community of Christ as a member in the body. So you would say 
our father. Now the word father means what? We're part of a family, right? That he is really our daddy. He is our daddy. We have been adopted by Christ Jesus as our adopted father in heaven. So we are now a part of his kingdom family. So the word father and our father in the first line or the first phrase of this prayer is basically speaking and coming into agreement with the adoption of Christ as being a son of God, as being a son or a daughter of God, right? Um, sons of God, all the same. So as being a, a child of the most high God, as being a, as God being the head as our father. So the first words, it says our father who are in heaven or our father is NKJV says in heaven. And so where is heaven? Heaven is several firmaments and heavens above us. God created the heavens and the earth. And so God resides in the heavenly realm. And so when you say our father in heaven, this is position. This is speaking to the position of the father and where he is not our father on earth, but our father who resides, who sits in heaven, who is enthroned in heaven, in the kingdom, the kingdom of God, who sits in heaven, that is where he dwells. So we've already just in the first line have discovered that the word "our" is no longer meaning solo. It's meaning you as a part of a body, as part of a community, as one member in the body of Christ, speaking to who we're speaking to our father, where does our father reside? Our father resides in heaven. So Psalms two and four, if you have an opportunity um, to get to Psalms two and four, I'll pull it up here real quick. Psalms two and four says he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. And so what is that saying in the NKG version? It's saying there's another version that says this is given knowledge of where your petition is being heard. Psalms two and four is speaking to when we are referencing and speaking to our father who dwells, who resides in heaven. Psalms two and four basically collaborates in an agreement saying this is giving us knowledge and in petition with where our prayer is being heard. He who sits in the heavens is he who resides in his kingdom and sits upon the throne. So our father, as we petition in the Lord's prayer, who resides and sits in heaven, we are petitioning his position, his kingdomship, his sovereignty, his authority in the heavens, which is where he sits. And so as we partner and as we posture our hearts before God to position and petition ourselves in prayer we're speaking in reverence and humility and in the sovereignty of God and we're saying you know our father who art in heaven right so the next phrase says hallowed 
be thy name. I remember even as a kid and even as I've taught my children through great repetition, hallowed be thy name. I remember my son who at one time in his life struggled with some speech delays and speech articulation. It's gotten great, you know, much better over time through deliverance and prayer, growth and maturity. <laughs> but he struggled with words. And I remember as I was teaching the children the Lord's prayer and we would get to this part it was like hard for them to to for him especially to understand and speak and of course he's reciting in repetition but just as I am teaching you all I have taught them as well to know what it is that they're speaking what it is that they're saying it just gives you a um, a deeper sense of um, belief and faith and consecration with when you understand so when you're reading the word of God or 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 coming into agreement with a prayer or anything and there's you stumble across a word or something you don't understand take the time in your study time to literally look and seek out the Holy Spirit to reveal the, the understanding to you so that you can fully understand what it is that you're coming into agreement with in prayer it's important and it's very important. So as we get to the line that says, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means holy. Holy is the name. The name of God is sacred and it's consecrated. So when the Lord says, hallowed be thy name, thy meaning thee or, or speaking to um, a preposition to God, right? To him, to God, to his name. So hallowed means holy, hallowed, H-A-L-L-O-W-E-D. Holy is the name, sacred is the name. The name and the word of God is sacred consecrated and it's holy so we're speaking to God and we're speaking to his position which is where he is seated in the heavenlies and we're acknowledging and we're petitioning him as he sits on the throne in heaven in the kingdom as he sits in the heavens and we are reverencing and honoring the name of God in this verse by taking and by coming into agreement with the holiness of God so this is where we would then begin in prayer to posture our hearts into a position of worship because we're signifying and reverencing and honoring the sacred name of God. And this is where in the prayer, in this particular prayer or any part of your prayer that you should be hum you know, humbling yourself in humility and in reverence and honor to God. This is where we should all be moving into as we go further into our prayer. We are acknowledging his holiness. We're acknowledging the hallowed, the H-A-L-L-O-W-E-D. We're acknowledging God's holiness and so this is the place in prayer where we will go to the father and we will begin to further humble our hearts before him even in the lord's prayer as 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 he has in, in as he's required or asked of us to do in prayer is to humble ourselves to acknowledge his sovereignty and and in prayer and so we're just saying in agreement, you know, thank you. Thank you, Father. You know, and you may be led to speak 
something in addition to um, this part of the prayer to this phrase, the hallowed be your name or hallowed be thy name. You may be led to then speak um, maybe a word of thanksgiving, right? Or something that the Lord, the Holy Spirit may shift you in prayer as you're giving reference to God. And it's okay to insert as led by the Holy Spirit, um, whatever it is that you feel or that you hear the word or the Holy Spirit leading you to say, in this place and so we get to the next phrase that says your kingdom come and some some versions say thy kingdom your kingdom we're speaking to the Lord God so it says thy kingdom come what what are we referencing in thy kingdom come thy kingdom come it's the hey guys quick question have you ever experienced sleep paralysis difficulty reading and retaining the word of god dominating thoughts pain with no explainable source what about anxiety panic attacks feelings that you're being watched or just some mere eerie evil presence near you may be experiencing demonic attacks and when in doubt, cast them out. Flawed and Free offers free one-to-one deliverance via virtual, in-person, and group altar call deliverance. Contact us at info at flawedandfree.com. Send your request for an oppression healing intake form. Or you can go to the episode description of this show and go to the flawedandfree.com and we will send you an intake form get free with flawed and free today sovereign place which is the kingdom of god so you when you entered you entered into this place when you became born again When you became born again and you received salvation and the salvation of the Lord, you then entered into the kingdom of God. You then became a son of God uh, uh, as a believer, as you believed and received and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you were then and accepted into the kingdom of God. And so when you became a born again believer, this is when you entered into the sovereign place. This is the dimension that embodies the way that God does thing, things. The kingdom of God, this is this is the place where in this dimension is where God moves and that where God speaks and where he governs, where he rules and he reigns. And he's given us the same position and authority in the heavenlies, in the kingdom, seated right next to the father. And so we're seated next to him. We're seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. And so in this part of the prayer, when you get to thy kingdom come, you're asking to send the kingdom of God to earth. 
y'all listen. We are asking to send. We are petitioning the God in heaven, our father in heaven to send kingdom down to the earth, to the natural realm, into the natural realm. So we're petitioning in prayer, the spiritual realm to be pulled down into the earthly realm, into the natural realm. And so I want you guys to understand the kingdom of God, that though we entered in as a believer being born again, this is the part of the prayer when we're seeking and searching the heart and the hand of the father, that we are, we are partnering with the Holy Spirit and, and, and embodying that dimension, you know, embodying that dimension in its fullness to bring heaven down into the earth. And so let's move into the next line of the Lord's prayer. It says your will, or you'll see it used interchangeably in other versions, thy will, thy meaning your right? Your will. So we're speaking to the father, to God, the father again, through Jesus Christ, we're speaking and we're saying thy will be done. Thy will be done in heaven. Or the NKG says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the exact phrase in in the scripture. Sorry, guys, if I skipped ahead, but thy will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is that saying? How is it in heaven? Right? How is it? And when we're saying thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, ask yourself the question if you need to, how is it in heaven? Heaven is, is free, right? There's, it's full of liberty. It's full of freedom. It's free from sickness. It's free from disease. It's free from illness. It's free from lack. It's free from poverty. And in, in, in this space, it's free from oppression. It's free from depression. It's free from all of these things. And so we're petitioning the will of the father to come into agreement to pull down as it already is in heaven because everything originates and begins in the spirit realm even you even your existence in this earth existed in the spiritual realm and so we are coming into agreement with things as they are in heaven, right? So despite your request and whatever you're seeking and desiring and asking of the Lord, we want his will over our will. We're asking for the father's will. So no matter what, this is the line of the Lord's prayer, or this is the phrase in the Lord's prayer, prayer, where God is showing us how to partner with his will, not our will, not our requests, not our commands, not our and mind you we are making requests and declarations and and demands and decrees and and all of these things but we want the will of the father above our own and so in this line it's it's basically saying despite your request that we are partnering with the will of the father above our own as it is in heaven we are asking for the lord to pull down into the earth 
And so there's great power in this part of the scripture. There's a lot of strength and a lot of power in this part of the scripture because we are able to apply those requests and pray these things to the Lord. And we should be utilizing scripture in this part of our prayer. As we petition the will of the father, how do we know what the will of God is? It's in the word of God. The will of God is found in the word of God. So this is the part of your prayer in your secret space as you're going through the Lord's prayer and you're calling and petitioning for the, the, the kingdom, for thy kingdom come, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then this is the part where it will be great if you know scripture or the Holy Spirit is leading you to come into a agreement with the word of God in scripture but this is the best time where you would insert the word of God and you would say you know whatever it is that you're being led in the spirit to partner with in prayer and you would recite aloud the word of God and use those scriptures in prayer because that is the will of the father that is the will of the father. And so as we move into the next phrase, give us this day, the next line, this is verse 11 of the Lord's prayer. Give us this day, our daily bread. Boy, oh boy, let me tell you, I've prayed this prayer individually, separately, collectively, corporately, um, even in the season of transition and in the season of um, the wilderness season, um, as God transitioned me from um, being an employee to being the employer and full-time entrepreneurship and really giving my whole life to Christ and really really trusting and building and growing my faith in this wilderness season that I no longer am clocking in and receiving a paycheck, but kingdom currency I receive by going and petitioning and working in the will of God and doing what he's called me to do. And so daily, I ask the father, give me this day, our daily bread. So many days I've gone beyond today and I've thought, oh God, how am I going to do this next month? How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to cover this? responsibility and God is literally sitting us down and saying hey let tomorrow in the word of God and it says let tomorrow take care of itself for today has many troubles let tomorrow worry about itself and it is so freeing to be here it's foreign initially but it's freeing in the same time because the more you give over to God in this area then you begin to really yoke your faith and belief and say okay God just give me let me not worry about tomorrow next month or even next year because you already got that figured out God we got that figured out give me give us this day our daily bread and in prayer you're traveling a course that will intersect you with his supply for you God being the alpha and the omega he knows your situation he knows your need he knows even what you're coming to him before and so God has already gone ahead of you and and he is already going ahead of you 
and making and making provision and giving you the things that you need in order to get from your now to your next from one day to the next day and sometimes we're going ahead of him right as if he needs our help as he need you know as if we need he needs us to to formulate the plan or whatever the case may be but God's like I got this like I literally got this just I will provide all that you need all of your needs according to his riches and glory I will provide all of the things because I know what you need before you know that you need it so bring it to me and just worry about today today has enough troubles and tomorrow has even more but today just worry about today and he's not even telling you to worry I'm speaking just in just layman's term just saying worry but our worries and cares we place upon the Lord we give them to God and so God being the Alpha and the Omega being everywhere in our lives from A to Z he's already gone ahead of you to make those provisions so when we're asking God just give us this day give me what you portion for me this day and even if you want to give me some overflow and help me work in the abundance I believe that you will do that and you partner in scripture and you pull that scripture out in prayer God I need more than my daily portion I need to operate in the flow of the abundance because I have to minister or preach or teach and you're going to partner with the Holy Spirit in this for in this part of the prayer because God is already understanding and all-knowing with what you need Isaiah 45 and 2 says I will go before you and make the crooked places straight I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron I will make a way where there's no way I will make all of and give you everything you need this day in the name of Jesus so this this should remind us of the children of Israel when they were trekking down the pass in the wilderness when manna literally fell from heaven every day every day and the Lord if you remember in the story from where Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt out of the hands of Pharaoh this manna which was their daily portion fell from heaven every day but listen and remember that God only allowed them to take what they needed that day and if they took more it would spoil and they tried <laughs> they tried to gather up and to and to take more than they needed to carry over for the next day but it, it wouldn't last it would spoil and the maggots and things would take over it would it would spoil it was of no good use the next day and so God was trying to show and teach them in this season how he was the hit their Jehovah Jireh how he was their daily provider and how he provided the daily bread that they needed to sustain them and so the only time they got more than what was needed which was the weekend right and what we perceived to be the weekend because he would give them an extra portion to meet their need until the sabbath passed and so when the manna fell from heaven they had to go and collect the manna 
um, from the ground, you know, for them to take back into their homes, to, you know, but take back rather to feed their families on their journey. And so the only time they got an extra dose or an extra portion in this wilderness season was when they were allotted this extra portion and when they needed it because God was honoring the Sabbath day of rest so that they wouldn't have to gather the manna that fell from heaven on that day. So they were allotted an extra amount to use to get them through today, the day of Sabbath. How strategic is God? How that God, listen, God got this sis. Okay. And if there are gentlemen, listen, gentlemen, God got this. He does. Are you tired of feeling stuck in the mud of your mind, spiritually stagnant and oppressed? Well, let me help you get from your now to your next by booking your free one-to-one 30-minute consultation for spiritual mentorship and consulting at theflawedandfree.com. Click the contact tab and send your request today. Need our help, right? He doesn't, we don't need to, to, um, to, to be misers, right, with what God has given us. We don't need to be like little squirrels gathering nuts for the winter. You know, God is literally going to provide all that we need every single day. If we pray this prayer and we believe by faith, this is where God helps to build your faith. This is the season where God helps to build your trust through prayer for his promises of provision. I'm going to say that again. This is the time. This is the area. This is the moment. This is where God builds your faith, where God builds your trust in him through prayer for his promises of provision. Glory be to God. That alone should literally lift some of the weight and the burden off of our minds, off of our spirits with how we're going to um, get through each day and how we're going to eat and how we're going to live and thrive and grow. When God says, I've already taken care of this. I've already gone ahead of you. I've already petitioned the provision that you need in this prayer. I've already done and given you what you needed to sustain and maintain you in the name of Jesus. And so I thank him greatly for the daily bread, for the daily manna that he gives us that we don't even have to work for as believers. We just believe by faith that God is going to give and do. Now, he may give you instructions, um, you know, in 2000 years later, right? He may say, go call this person or go build this platform or I'm going to I'm going to have someone open the door in this area, call this business a platform for this grant you know he may give specific instruction with how to meet him in this space or you could literally be sitting there and just receive a random knock at your door with someone handing you a check if that's how he wants to do it he's God he can do it however he so chooses And so we must believe and have trust and faith and wait on God to instruct us with how this is to be done. But just know that he's already promised us in this prayer that he will give us our daily bread, that he will give us our daily 
bread. Glory be to God. Now we're into verse 12 and we're almost done, guys. So verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts. Some of us will not, cannot, and won't receive anything from God in our prayers because we won't forgive, right? And we want God to forgive us, but we don't want to forgive others. And so in this prayer, it says, verse 12, and forgive us our debts, comma, as we forgive our debtors, Right. So we're petitioning in prayer for God to forgive us for our shortcomings, for God to forgive us of those things that we have done that maybe have not pleased him of our sins, any of our trespasses and transgressions against him. This is the part of the prayer where we should be posturing our hearts and asking God in daily repentance for him to pray. I meant for us to pray and for him to forgive us. But let us not forget that while we're asking God to forgive forgive us that we also in turn must forgive others in order for our prayers to be effective this is the condition in which we must forgive right this is the condition that God gives us in verse 12 that we must as we ask God to forgive us we must also forgive others that have trespassed against us that have that have hurt us betrayed us that have disappointed us and that forgiveness is the foundation in which the that our prayers can be answered this is how our prayers become effective and activated through forgiveness this is the condition that is needed for them to be answered we don't want to pray where our prayers is hitting the ceiling and coming back down and bouncing off the walls we literally want our prayers to go up and be heard and received by God and so in order to do that you're going to have to lay down some things you're bitterly holding on to in unforgiveness because forgiveness and the answers are tied together. Forgiveness is a way of life for Christians, for believers, as followers of the father, as followers of Christ Jesus. Forgiveness is essential It's essential in prayer. And so we must always, always ask and petition and forgive those that may have hurt us or harmed us. Even when it's hard, we then say, God, help me to forgive. I'm still struggling, right? I'm still struggling, God. I don't know if I can forgive this person. But if you want your prayers to be answered, you don't want your blessings to be blocked. You don't want to hinder your prayers in any way. So you really want to ask the father to help to mend and to renew your heart so that you can truly forgive from your heart so that you can receive that what God has for you in your life how unfortunate is it to pray 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 and not have your prayers be heard because you're holding on to areas of unforgiveness so whenever you pray if you have anything against anyone forgive him Forgive them and leave it and let it go. This is this has to be done in order for your father who is in heaven to forgive you for your shortcomings, to forgive you for the areas where you have failed and fallen short. And so you must petition in prayer. And when you struggle in that area, you just ask God to meet you there and you be honest and you be transparent and you speak truthfully and you 
tell him, Father God, help me to forgive. And he will. And even if it takes some time, that's okay. It may not be immediate. You just keep circling that in prayer and you keep laying it at the feet of the Father for him to do as he wills. And I promise you, he will come through as he's done it for me. He will do it for you as well. Now we're going into the final verse of the Lord's prayer, verse 13 and verse 13 says, and lead us not into temptation or NKJV says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Who is the evil one? The evil one is Satan and his fallen angels and his minions and messengers. So the evil one are principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. This is the evil one. So this first 13 says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us. This is deliverance. Deliverance. Deliverance is essential in the life of a believer. And so people that don't believe in deliverance, it's kind of hard to not because it's biblical. It's in the Bible um, and in many verses and many phrases and prayer. So when God is asking for <clears throat> in this prayer for us to pray for deliverance to be delivered, this is this is a part. This is this is a referencing scripture that says we're actually petitioning in prayer for deliverance from God. This is what we should be doing so that we can come come into agreement with the will of the father as it is in heaven. So the remaining part of this scripture says for yours, this is NKJV again, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So when when we're saying in this part of the prayer, lead us not into temptation, <clears throat> God does not tempt us. So if you misunderstood that it's God doesn't tempt us, right? But temptation comes from the enemy to throw us off course. It comes from the devil, it comes from Satan. And so God does not tempt us, but God does test us. He will test us. He will convict us, but not condemn and not tempt. So God does not tempt. The enemy does. The devil does. God tests, but he does not tempt. And well, how does God do this? God tests us through trials in our life, through spiritual testing, not to see you fall and fail, but there are spiritual, there are opportunities that are given to you by God that are tests. And it's a part of our growth and our spiritual maturity and how we experience the will and the word of God through faith and the in in times of need. So God will test you, but he won't tempt us. So the enemy will tempt you, but we're asking in this part of the prayer, God help us to deliver us in this area. So you, the body of Christ needs to desperately seek and desire spiritual maturity so that we can pass these tests so that we can move from our now to our next so we can then build and grow from the foundation that was set by Christ God has literally given us a template in prayer people I don't know how to pray I don't know how to pray I don't know what to say if you don't know anything go to this prayer go to Matthew 6 and you can start from verse 5 through 13 or you can start from 7 through 13 literally and read the Lord 
Lord's Prayer. Memorize it, learn it, understand it, and put it in your heart. The body of Christ needs to grow spiritually. And though temptation that comes from the enemy, from the evil, it's meant to distract you from the journey, from the righteous journey that God has set before you. And so that's why deliverance is so important, because that's why people become spiritually stagnated. That's why people get stuck on their spiritual growth cycles and their journey on their way from Egypt into the promised land, because the enemy tempts them, distracts them and and keeps them stuck and and they're not able to move beyond the righteous journey that God has actually set before you which is what happened to the Israelites to the children of Israel they got into that wilderness season they murmured they moaned they complained and they spent much longer in that season of transition than they were supposed to because though they were delivered out of Egypt they were not fully delivered from the mindset they were not fully delivered and so they struggled in the wilderness they struggled in this time because they needed deliverance in order to receive the promises of God the same with the deliverance ministry the same with the power of deliverance by the Holy Spirit it is essential to the to the believer it is essential essential for the believer so at some point throughout the course of your journey going from your place of now to your place of next with the Lord you need to go to God in prayer and ask him these areas of your life that need deliverance for there is power in the in evil. There is power in the earth that God has temporarily given the enemy and put him on the longest leash possible. But our enemy, our adversary, the devil, he's the evil one and he's seeking to ensnare us, to trap us and to keep us from moving beyond. And his goal is to is to demonically oppress and bind up every spirit every Christian to keep them from receiving the promises of God and so we must continue to um, seek and search the heart of the Lord so that we will not fall victim to the enemy and his plans and plots for our lives so the power that we are petitioning in this part of the prayer is the is the power of deliverance is what we're asking God to do to help us in this part of the prayer in verse 13. So the final, um, the final phrasing in there says for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. All glory to God, all glory to God who is able to answer all prayers, all prayers prayed in the right manner, in the right context with the right heart and with the right posture and so your prayer time doesn't have to be um, all eloquently spoken with every scripture known to man in the Bible but it is a as a time to build your relationship it is a time to literally just have simple conversation with the creator and to engage and grow and build he is more God is more willing to answer you when you when then when then he's more willing to answer than we are to pray 
forgive me for messing that up, but he's more willing. So sometimes we keep the enemy will tempt us to not pray about a thing or to not pray out loud. This is an area of my life where God, uh, the enemy used to try to get me to mute my mouth because I didn't know what my mouth, the damage I could do in the kingdom. And so I would pray private prayers and scared to pray out loud. Didn't want people to hear me praying because I didn't think I sounded good or sounded right or if God even hurt me. But God wants you to know that he is more willing to answer than you are willing to pray. And so the more you pray, the more he's going to answer, the more he's going to fulfill and perfect the things uh, concerning your life, the more he's going to watch over his word to perform it because his word can't return back to us void. He can't lie to us and his word of God, the word of God, the spirit of truth is the truth and the truth will and shall set you free. So the more you speak truth, the more you partner with truth, the more you read and, 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 and ask God to watch over over his word and petition you in prayer in 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 the scripture and the word of God he will meet you there because why because he has to he has to he said that in the word of God so remember that we were adopted into this family as as one member in the body of Christ and we were adopted by who our father in heaven through the spirit of adoption and we are now joint heirs we have received great and inheritances from the Lord our God right and so he has outlined in this scripture and explained to us the principle of prayer and how to pray and how to get our prayers answered Ooh, glory 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 to God I know that that may have been meaty and lengthy because we just broke down the Lord's prayer word by word, line by line, but feel free to share this podcast with someone that may be struggling in the area of prayer or maybe a new convert, not knowing where to start in prayer or not understanding the thy, the thou's, the these, the wills, and just gets frustrated in prayer. Maybe you can share this with them to simplify it in a way where they can fully understand and receive the revelation that God has for them. I thank you all for listening, for partnering and co-laboring with me on this podcast. I love you all and I can't wait to see you guys next week. Same time, same place. I love you. God bless and be well in Jesus name. Thanks for joining me on Flawed and Free Podcast. Make sure you follow and subscribe. Click the bell on YouTube on my channel and follow. Don't forget to meet me live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Tea and Testimony with Tina to discuss weekly podcasts and answer questions. I'll be streaming from YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Flawed and Free, or if you're streaming from IG, it's at The Flawed and Free. Till next week, God bless, where we are free to be me, flawed, and free.